Hello, welcome to The Ripple, a podcast diving into closure programs and libraries. This week, I'm talking about Closure Dart with Christoph Grund and Baptiste Dupouche, the creators of Closure Dart. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you both here. So maybe to start off with, can you tell me about what is Dart, what is Flutter, and then what is Closure Dart? Like, just give the audience a sense of how all of these pieces fit together. Okay. So, that is I start on Dart and you'll cover Flutter. Dart is a language which was designed by Google to, at some point, it was meant to replace JavaScript inside Chrome. But Java was meant to, for top boxes, set top boxes, you, Dart didn't pan out as a browser language. But he pivoted into client language in general, which is able to compile to native binaries on uh, either ARM or Intel. Then another team at Google decided to create a portable toolkit on top of Dart. And this uh, toolkit is Flutter. Basically, Flutter is, let's say, a React-like UI framework that, let's say, the future killer of the Dart ecosystem. That's basically why people use Dart, is to use Flutter and target all the OSs that you can find out there and mobile applications too. And Closure Dialect that compiles to Dart. It's basically a, a sibling of Closure Script and Closure Java <laughs> that we developed, uh, Christophe and, and I. Cool. Tell me a little bit about why would you create a whole new dialect of closure? It's not a small project, I imagine. Yes, <laughs> it's a crazy project. <laughs> so we started working together years ago with Christophe. Obviously, he's more experienced than me. When I started working on Closure Dart, I wanted to experiment with writing a toy lisp interpreter compiler. I had this idea in mind to target mobile applications because my experience with React Native was at that time not good. And I just starting uh, having fun with my uh, small lisp and I fall into Flutter and I started dreaming about writing a closure <laughs> dialect that compiles to Dart. And I tried to convince Christoph to help me and he refused. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually we joined forces on this one and we started working on this. Two years later, we were still uh, hacking on Closure Dart almost a daily basis. So I guess it's not a toy project anymore. Cool. Tell me a little bit more about who would want to use Dart. What does it let you do that you couldn't do? Dart in general or Closure Dart? Both, really. Okay. Dart by itself, he, well, he, currently there's only one killer application for Dart and it's, Flut and it's Flutter. Basically, the question is, why would you want to use Flutter? So Flutter has its own set of widgets. They are developed on top of Skia. They are fully custom and the rendering is totally controlled by Flutter. So you won't get any discrepancy between the platforms. The model is rather sane. You don't have to deal with a document model to write applications. You are dealing with widgets. You are not dealing with a document model that has evolved into being an application platform. And you only have to write most of your application once to get it working on both iOS and Android, even possibly on Linux, macOS, or Windows. It's only when you get closer to trying to integrate with the DOS, with the platform, for example, for if you want to add some kind of share cards or stuff like this, 
where you will have to split the code base and specialize depending on the application. And even in these cases, there's a huge community around Flutter and sometimes someone has already wrote the wrapper bridging the differences between the platforms for you and you can just say in there. And last, it compiles down to native binaries. You've got fast startup and the dark language has been designed to be really a client language. So they have purposely removed features so as to be able to have a fast startup, good tree shaking and so on. Christophe just talked about Kia. Kia is a graphical engine that displays widgets in Flutter, but it's also used in Chrome and and Chrome OS, I think. It's like a game engine. It's a big shift from uh, React Native, for example, where in React Native, you have a JavaScript engine that calls native components. In Flutter, you control what you are drawing. So it's basically the same in macOS or iOS or Android. But you, you also have uh, lookalike widgets on uh, iOS, for example. What about on JavaScript? Is that also using... Skier, or is that kind of doing DOM output, or like how does that work? So uh, Flutter and Dart also transpile to JavaScript. For JavaScript, you have uh, for the browser, sorry, you have two compilation mode: one that draws in a canvas, the other one I don't remember which one it is. Uh, Christoph. Basically, a DOM library which allows you to do in Dart some more typical uh, web dev. To be honest, we haven't focused too much on the web mode. Right, which kind of makes sense because there's pretty robust solutions for, for building web applications at the moment. So tell us about, like at a high level, Closure Dart seems to be sort of following the ClojureScript model of compilation where it compiles to Dart source code, which then is compiled by the Dart compiler rather than the Closure model of compiling to Java bytecode directly. Is that right? Yeah, basically, we use the closure right now. It's not yet self-hosted language. Like in ClojureScript, ClojureScript can compile uh, itself. Right now, we use Closure Reader, Closure Java Reader. The compiler is, is running on the JVM, and then we compile uh, two Dart files. Contrary, JVM, you don't have um, class loaders in uh, or eval in Dart, but we do have, there is a reloading mechanism. So when you're working on Flutter, you have auth reloading and auth restarting. It means that auth reloading, you don't lose your application state. If you're making a change, you can see on the device the change you've made. And at the moment, November 22, there is no ripple yet. The reason is, is we've focused all the other stuff, having a compiler, then we spent a lot of time on static analysis, type inference. I don't know where I'm going right now, <laughs> but... Uh... Okay. To what Baptiste has just said, contrary to the JVM where you have a bytecode definition, in Dart, you don't have public intermediate representation. There is a, a private one. Yeah, and this is documented, but it may change and we, we didn't want to rely on that. And so we prefer to compile to that source code proper as to be more independent of change to, to the Dart compiler itself. Closure Dart in this regard is closer to Closure Script. But Closure Dart has to deal with an existing library which is typed 
In this regard, it's closer to Java. It's even worse in some aspects because, for example, in Java, the collections are generics, but the generics exist only in Java. They don't exist at the JVM level. This is what we call the type eraser, the generic eraser. So when you have a collection of string, let's say a list of string in Java, at the JVM level, it's just a list of objects. It's very convenient for Clojure because Clojure can just pretend to, doesn't even have to pretend to have a list of strings because it's dealing at the backup label and that backup label, there's no generics. While in Dart, the generics are not erased. When you have a list of strings, it's not a list of objects. And if you have a list of objects, you can pass it as a list of strings. And it was uh, something interesting to deal with because we have collections which are not typed, they are dynamic. You can put anything in a vector, for example. And then you create a vector, and then you want to pass it to some Dart uh, method, which is expecting a list of string or whatever. And now you, you are stuck. We found a trick, which is that when we see that we are going to pass something as a type collection, we check whether it's the right type. And if it's not the right type, we change the type of the vector. Basically, the vector are still dynamic. It's just the root object of the vector, which uh, is a layer about being typed. So let's say you have a vector containing only numbers, and you happen to pass it as a missile, which expects a list of string. Then we are going to change the root of the vector to vector of string. So the compiler will be happy. Then you'll have some issues at runtime. But at least the compiler is happy and the Clojure developer doesn't have to type and manually cast his collections. So it's really an in-between the Clojure and Clojure script with some special things specific to Dart. So one thing which is quite different stylistically from regular Clojure or ClojureScript code is that it seems like the Dart uses keyword arguments a lot more than, and so when you look at Clojure Dart code, it looks like Clojure code, but it's Clojure code in sort of a different flavor. Yeah. How does that kind of affect things using it? What were your considerations when you were designing a Clojure dialect that made such heavy use of keyword arguments? So we'll see with with time, but I think in Clojure Dart you have to, at least right now, do way more interrupt than in ClojureScript. For example, just because Flutter has a, a tons of widgets, so you want to use them. In Dart, there are name parameters for methods and functions. So after a positional parameter, you have name parameter that can be optionals and unordered. We had to find a way to translate that to closure. So basically keeping the name. At the very beginning, we choose, um, percent. Yeah. Then we iterate on keywords, but keywords have a drawback because they are valid arguments. And in some cases, we could not infer the method of interrupt function you were using. So we compiled a keyword has argument. So the last and definitive version that we have right now is a symbol that starts by a dot. So dot param and then the param value. I get it that it can look, let's say, weird for pure closureists, but we've not found any better ways. <laughs> yeah, like that to say, there are a long history in this feature. And at the start, we had the dot and person, which acted as a separator between the fixed arguments and the named arguments. 
it was pretty ambiguous, but also a bit ugly to have to type this uh, that ampersand everywhere. Then we, for a while, we were able to remove the dot ampersand because we had some, at last, the first uh, types where type information was leveraged. And we were able to, to tell, okay, here the keyword is going to be used as a named argument. But then we discovered that in the case where in Clojure you have a one and dynamic, the places where you didn't have a, a type int and so the compiler is stuck and can't decide. With the keyword, the compiler can't know statically whether it's going to be an actual keyword as an argument or a named argument. So when you had the equivalent of one and dynamic, we, you were finished twice. Once for not being static, second by having code emitted being wrong. And it was pretty frustrating because if you are like me, you start coding and you don't put type int everywhere, but you add the type int at a later phase of the development once the design settled a bit. And here it was very punitive with closure that because most of the time when you add a dynamic and that you add a name parameters and name parameters are very prominent in Flutter, you were punished by, uh, by having the code compiled to something wrong. It was breaking the flow. That's why we realized that we had to switch to a syntax which wouldn't be ambiguous. So we tried one or two things, but basically replacing the leading column by a leading dot. At the end, the dot has this connotation of interrupt. We could have bike-shaded on the shape of the name keywords for, for a long time, but we went with that. Last thing is that many people ask us about the dot at the front of the named arguments, and few people ask where the dot at the end of the constructor went because we don't have a dot at the end of constructors. Basically, it boils down to the fact that there's no more new in dot. There's no new keyword. They used to have one, but it has been deprecated because one thing which is very different between Java and dot is that you can't overload for a method. A method has just one signature. You can only have one constructor. Then you have name constructors. And at some point, they decided that constructors could also be factories. And so the what they name constructors are not guaranteed to construct a new thing. So having a new something, which sometimes is required in front of the constructor, sometimes is not because it was a bit confusing, so it, it got removed. And keeping enclosure dart would have some been some kind of vestigial. Yeah. Yep. Vestigial thing. Well, it's still there. You can put the dot if you really care. Or if it makes uh, some CLGC code easier to write, basically it will be discarded. Right. So if you've got these sort of fairly static parameters, can you use something like apply to construct a like a Flutter component sort of dynamically at runtime? It would not make sense. I mean, I guess maybe it would have made more sense with keyword arguments, but... Okay, so... You can have uh, constructors, methods, and functions that have uh, name parameters. Apply does not make sense for constructors, but it could make sense for functions, let's say. I don't remember, but I think we handled it. I don't remember. I'm yeah, pretty sure we yeah. we had tested uh, apply with a uh, name parameter. Yeah, there's an apply uh, defined on function. I don't know if it works on a method. I guess you may get it 
to work, then you, you suffer a huge performance penalty. I think it's tied to the history of Dart. There's Dart 1 and Dart 2. Dart 2 is way more static and way more geared towards uh, being a client language and removing everything we, which is in the way. And that one was way more dynamic. And uh, so you had apply, you have no such method and things like that. Uh, well, Gilad Braca was in the team and I'm pretty sure that he infused some small talk ideas at the time. There are still some leftovers, but most of them are underperforming. So we can't... Uh, we don't have an apply on constructors or on methods. The thing is that we could be able to generate some. The only thing which is in the way is that we can't access to the default value of the optional parameters. We may not have the default value in all cases, and so we couldn't generate the correct code. We have been in talks with one of the maintainer of the Dart compiler, trying to discuss what it would take to, to have enough information to implement a kind of spread operator in Clojure Dart. So maybe we'll get to this point. Even if we get to this point, there will be another problem which is related to that and applying constructors, is that you can't really pass classes as values in Dart. So then we would have to lift all classes as values in Clojure Dart. And the tricky thing is that we would have to take care of not keeping a reference to every class under the sun. Otherwise, we are going to defeat the tree checking done by the Dart compiler. And we are going to generate Among Us uh, binaries. It's a bit like uh, walking on a straight line and trying to not fall uh, on any side. We have to maintain balance between the static part of a dot, which is always pulling to be more static and trying to still offer all the dynamism that we are used to. That's why uh, I believe that it would be difficult to create an ECAP-like for Flutter. Tell me about your work with Rome Research and what that led to. The founder and CEO from Research, Connor White Sullivan, contacted us when uh, we were talking about Closure Dart on Twitter and um, he was very interested in the idea of building a mobile application. They sponsored us, I think, two months to work only on the compiler. We've done the application, which is mostly a web view. There's nothing to do with Closure Dart. It's because Rome is a huge um, software and it was quite hard to ship fast mobile application and all their features. We are very grateful for Rome. <laughs> they helped us a lot. And they were basically the first people to believe in us, at least commercial company. Rome's a big supporter of Closures together as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree. So I've got the Rome app in front of me now i can see the bottom bars of the different views like the graph list the roam database and then quick capture so those parts feel like they are like flutter native components yeah so you have the graph list that is native the bottom bar let's say that there are plans to to add more native components right how difficult do you think it would be to share code between a ClojureScript app and a Closure Dart app? If we are talking about your application code, it would be pretty straightforward. It's just Closure. 
now, as soon as you have uh, interrupt, for example, you're using this package in JavaScript. Obviously, it's not going to be available in Dart. It's basically like with Clojure and ClojureScript. Every time you have uh, interrupt in Clojure and ClojureScript, you have to isolate this code. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with uh, Clojure Dart. So you use reader conditionals yeah. for that. Have you talked with, I guess, the core Clojure team about making CLJD a more official thing or kind of works? I know people extend it like with, I think, Babashka, something similar, but there's not really like a any registry. People just pick the name they like and hope no one else picks the same name. Is that... <laughs> so your question is about the name or is about... What about the, the reader conditional, you know, CLJD? We basically chose ClojureDart because it was very simple to get and understand. But if Clojure or Dart decide not to allow us to use it, we obviously we will have to change the name. That is, I believe the question was more about the fact that the Clojure team told that non-namespace tag in uh, reader conditionals were reserved for extension by the Clojure t- core team. I think that uh, at some point they ask, or maybe they just men- Alex just mentioned about Babashka opting for something else. So far, we have used uh, just CHD and received no complaints. But we have to thank the folks at, at Cognitech because they have been supportive of Closure Dart pretty early before we, we went public and they have been sponsoring us. That's awesome. So when you're porting, writing a new Closure dialect, how much are you able to copy and paste from the existing Closure implementations and how much are you writing from scratch to fit the Dart platform? So it really depends on the platform you're writing your dialect on and obviously your design. So for most functions, we were able to basically copy-paste them, but it's not true for data structure, which is uh, not necessarily hard, but it's time-consuming writing, uh, porting a data structure. On the compiler part, you cannot share anything, very few things at least, because you have to write your compiler. So yeah, we we were able to leverage most of uh, core and copy paste either from Clojure or Clojure Script. And the thing that really needs to be created for the platform were the implementation of protocols, def interface, def type, and so on, and the way way five three. And then there are also everything which deal with numbers. Ashcode to I have to take the existing platform and library into account because like, like we mentioned, Dart has a, a standard library, which is correct. We, it hasn't the depth of uh, the JVM, but of the JVM standard lib, but it's still way better than what you get within JavaScript. So there's multi-methods too, which are very dependent on how one can really change state of, uh, of a namespace. So they are tied to a bit to the platform. Which other features are platform dependent? When you say platform, you're talking about iOS or Android. No, sorry, us language, us environment. I think there are a couple of other things. Obviously, if you have a naval or some kind of dynamic class loading mechanism, it would be way easier to have a REPL, at least without a VM. Also, macro. Yep. Basically, we evolved macro on the JVM and expanded on the JVM to compile into Dart. 
Yeah, my, my clothes are a bit special because the end goal is to have closure dart to be self-hosted and the self-hosted mode to be the default mode. Then macros would work like in closure. But right now we have some kind of mixed mode where it's a bit more like closure script. It's really because it's, we are in a transition period. And about collections, I think that ClojureScript collections could have been ported without much effort, but we preferred, or rather, maybe I'm the one to blame, I preferred to rewrite them. I wanted to play with, with new ideas, and that's about that. And everything which is tied to the language and its environment have to be written from scratch. But once you get the lowest layers built, it's pretty quick to bring the libraries in. You have to change some class here and there or add some typings. But otherwise, it's getting the foundation, which is consuming, and find the, the correct design to match the host and enclosure semantics. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time building what we call the closure data analyzer that lets us infer the types so you don't have to. Basically, it's not only a convenience for users of Closure Dart, it's also because even if the dynamic is possible in Dart, you have the dynamic keyword. There are cases where you cannot rely on dynamic. When we started type inference to avoid those cases, basically we had to infer pretty much everything because as soon as we inferred this little part of the code, we had to infer that other part of the code. And we ended up writing a lot of inference pretty much everywhere. <laughs> that was quite long. There was a lot of typings. Yeah. Obviously, if you're writing a closure dialect, there is some kind of design, especially for interrupt. We spent a lot of time um, thinking about designing the interrupt experience. We think that once you have a great interrupt experience, you can build upon it. Basically, the, the language can grow. Yeah, it's even the first thing that we implemented, the interrupt. The first version of Pleasure Dart that we got running, I don't even remember if it has proper functions. It was just able to, by proper function, I mean, none that function, more like Pleasure functions. It was just able to interrupt calls and we get to do our first L world in Flutter pretty quickly, but it was by taking a lot of shortcuts. Then we have to correct this shortcut and take the longest route later on. At least we, we had some immediate feedback. Yeah. Tell me about the development experience. Day to day, you're working on a Closure Dart app. There's hot reload. Looks like you run up like an iOS simulator or an Android simulator. What does that look like? How do you debug it? Are there source maps? What's the experience look like? It's an awesome experience. So before talking about the experience, there is one missing part that we forgot to talk about, which is our own Flutter wrapper. That's related with the experience, with the developer experience. When you're writing a Flutter application, everything is a widget. So you are writing in Dart, for example, you are writing pure classes that implements some methods and basically writing classes everywhere. So yeah, it's very verbose. It, you've got a lot of boilerplate. But for Dart coders, it doesn't matter much because they have IDs which allow them to speed code through this boilerplate. So they generate a lot of code and maintaining is another issue, but at least for the generation, they are, they go pretty fast. 
Um, in Closure Dart, we don't have this luxury. We have this wrapper, which is the closure way of removing the boilerplate. So you don't have to write dev types. And basically, we this alpha 2, we call it, Flutter wrapper generates everything you need for writing pure closure dart application, including IO streams. You can listen to atoms, for example, every time something change in a map of an atom at a pass in a map of an atom, you can be notified. So basically the developer experience when writing a closure dart application, we advise people to use alpha two. And there is another library out there written by uh, Flutter Amex, which is a closure dart library. Written by Kenny Tilton. Yeah. And you use our library to build widgets. Um, you restart the application, you see what you're doing and it's pure closure code. And then you are your, you have your um, application state. We give you the tool, the tools with uh, Flutter 2, Alpha 2, sorry, to handle your application state and to rebuild the widget when it's uh, necessary and not rebuild it when it's not. Because you have to remember in the UI application, especially a mobile one, re-rending when only necessary is a must-have. Hopefully, you have a designer in your team. Having a beautiful app is also great. And then you, you're designing your application state, your IO. For example, um, I've built a pure uh, Firebase closure dart application and it's very easy. You only have to connect to Firebase and you persist your atom um, in Firebase real time database. That's about it. Also, yeah, on debugging. Yeah, I mentioned the awesome Flutter, Flutter tools. It's true that uh, they are quite good. With Flutter, you have an included um, Chrome Dev tool. It's uh, an HTTP address that you open in Chrome and it gives you all the information about your widget. You can select a specific part of the UI application and it tells you all your computed property, properties. You can evaluate some coordinates. You can slow down animations to debug them where they are. Yeah, so right now we don't have a ripple yet and we are currently designing about the ripple experience that you can have with uh, UI applications. In Clojure, I'm not talking about Clojure script, but in Clojure, you are dealing mostly about your maps, your, your data, but Clojure data has been designed to build UI applications. And we are trying to dig into the history of Lisps, maybe small talk, to understand what we can do besides technical limitations that every platform has, what we can bring to the table with the Ripple. To avoid some misconception about Alpha 2. And uh, Alpha 2 is, just, is the nickname, full name is Celci Day Flutter Alpha 2, because there was a, like, an Alpha 1 before. <laughs> And we said that it's a wrapper, but in fact, it's more like some helpers. It's not trying to wrap or hide Flutter. It just makes Flutter more palatable to closure people. So it's a couple of macros and a couple of protocols, and they allow to remove the boilerplate and integrate with the closure stuff, atoms, for example, or future. Basically, you are still writing a lot of interrupt, but it becomes way more closure-like. In rewriting some code with Alpha 2, we even discovered that some helper classes from Flutter were not needed anymore because it was easier to express them as pure closure. It happened 
two or three times. One was about an animational pearl. And in closure, it became a simple matter of saying that we wanted to watch over a vSync provider. And then everything was rendering while in Flutter, it is recommended to create a, a class to which you pass the vSync provider. And then inside of this class, you are going to override the build method, the build method and so on. So the code written with, with Alpha 2 is way more terse than typical Flutter code because we have removed all the boiler plates. So one half to two thirds reduction in size is typical. You posted a tweet a little while ago showing side by side the closure dart and then the dart version of the same thing. And yeah, it was almost half. Yeah, and I believe that it was uh, Alpha 1 at the time. So... Yes, it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, also, we just shipped last weekend a feature that I really love. We can now use pure local Dart code in your Clojure Dart code. Basically, you copy-paste some um, Stack Overflow code in your project, and you can require it you do that? straight away. Sorry? I was making fun of you. You say that you... I don't uh, do that. Copy and passing... Uh, I never copy paste, of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was an example, but but the big picture is more that you can have a, mix, a shared a project language uh, library. Well, right. Project. Let's say you have a qualified designer that can write widgets, pure UI in Dart, but does know nothing. You could have a part of your team only writing Dart because it would be simpler to hire them, and all the application code, I.O., all the logic would be written in Clojure Dart, for example. It's a very interesting feature that has developed there. So it makes having mixed projects very easy. And you can introduce Clojure Dart into an existing uh, Dart project. Another thing which got me excited about that is that being the everything that uh, Patty's committed last week is that now we have the what we call the analyzer, which is a kind of a presumptuous name for what is just about retrieving class information because Dart is not very dynamic. You don't have proper reflection in Dart, and so to know which uh, methods are available on uh, classes, we have to use an external library. And that's the job of the analyzer. And up to now, the analyzer was a batch process. We were dumping everything into a big hidden, every information about every class under the sun, or at least everything which was in your project dependencies. And first, it was taking a long time and it was ignoring the local Dart files. So we have seen not ignoring the local Dart file is a good thing. And so now it's a live process. So you don't have this long and by long, uh, when you had a lot of dependencies, it was tens of seconds to generate the big EDN. You don't have this anymore. It's done on the fly and only for the classes which are used by the project. So we have now helper process along the compiler. Which and this helper process help us to bridge with all the Dart tooling, and it's this helper pro process which is going to enable to us to bring a wrapper and also to bring good information to close your LSP or, or CLJ condo to get a better support and, and completion, which is what uh, Baptiste is working on at the moment. Yeah, so we were talking earlier about how hard is it to write 
the compiler, it's surprising to me that I think that one of the hardest parts is tooling. I was really not ready for everything around tooling and also the, the CLI that we have. Everything that is when you have to take into account Windows, Linux, macOS, file system, it's crazy how easily it can become a, a shit show. I was really not ready for that. Because at first, you, you think that hardest part is the compiler in itself. But to be honest, I think the hardest part is really designing the language and then maybe the compiler. But tooling is very hard. And if you look at the history of Clojure and Clojure Script, there were years without the tooling that we know today. I think specifically today in 2022, you have a younger generation of developers that are used to very high quality tooling and if you don't have at least a part of that quality in your tooling they won't even try even in the closure world it's really surprising so closures together was very excited to receive an application from closure dart and then excited that we were able to to pick you and fund you so tell me a little bit about what have you been working on recently what's that funding be able to do First, uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> it's helping a lot. I want to say to all listeners that right now we don't make money with Closure Darts. I know it's our choice, but it's always nice to have people supporting your work. Fortunately, sorry, there are organisms like uh, Closure is Together that uh, sponsors Closure Project, and that's awesome. So on the work that we are doing with Closurist uh, together, so you funded local file uh, part, basically um, the upgrade in the analyzer. The second part of Closurist together will be dedicated on tooling. If we are smart enough, we'll start and maybe finish the repo or at least have a, not a proof of concept, but a first uh, beta repo. Great. That is all exciting stuff that we are super happy that we're able to help fund. Yeah, so the I think that at first we talked about the repo and then it became, in our mind, the tooling at, uh, at large. So that's where the money and most of our effort has been in the last month since getting better foundations for both tooling and, uh, and the repo. Great. So there's a couple of members I want to thank. In particular, Ladakora, Rome, who has sponsored you directly, and also Closures Together member, Whimsical, Stylodics, Pitch, Newbank, Cisco, LogSeq, Juxt, Matosin, Salita, Adgoji, NextJournal, ClojureStream, Shortcut, Flexiana, Tuyakumo, Doctronic, and 180, Seguros. All of these companies and many others, uh, developers and companies have been huge supporters of Closures Together, helping fund this and other work. So I want to say thanks to everybody who has been a supporter. Last question, Closure Dart is out, it's open source. What stage is it at for people wanting to build their own apps for themselves or their company? And how can they get involved? Are you looking for PRs directly on the project? What kind of things would you like to see from the community? There are many ways to get involved. There are still missing functions, simply because sometimes we forgot about them. <laughs> So we had helped on this, people diffing Clojure and Clojure Dart and catching uh, the functions that we missed. You can simply use it, giving feedback on your experience. You can write blog posts about it. Just talk to us and you can reach us on Slack very easily. Just ping us the Clojure Dart channel or directly. The production quality or not part of the question 
Closure Dart is production ready. You can use it commercially for your project. So right now, as of um, November 22, you don't have proper tooling and the Ripple. But apart from that, almost all the languages implemented. The missing part of Closure Core were sorted collection, but we did implement them recently. We just have to merge them after writing some tests. And DevMulti have implemented it, but uh, Christophe did not like my version of it. So it's still not yet in the language. But yes, you, you can write an application. And even if there is no tooling, you just have to look for the documentation of the widget you are using. And that's it, basically. And then you have the, the hot reload mechanism giving you quick feedback on your development and you can have the hot reload working either on emulators or even on actual devices. It's cool. And but to answer your question and join Batty's answer, own answer is that what your dart needs the most is users. PR will come with users. We need more users to give feedback, to document, also try to integrate with their toolchain and I don't think we need a lot of help on the language itself. Any good PR would be considered, but I think that the effort now is beyond the language. Right, but you cannot, users will come um, if they like the product, right? There's everything to like. That's true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking with me about Closure Dart. It's super exciting to see another place Closure is reaching to every year. It sort of seems to be adding new platforms or new places. Thanks for working on it and sharing it with the community. Just quick, we are going to give a workshop in Paris. So for French-speaking people, it will be pretty soon. And the second is that next year, there will be a comprehensive uh, course coming on the Closure Stream about uh, Closure Dart. It's not later on, it's uh, in two months. <laughs> Great. I will keep my eyes out. A Closure Stream course will be extremely helpful for getting people up to speed with us. Thank you again for your time, for sharing this with the community, all of this work, which is mostly unpaid, I think. Thanks to you. Thanks a lot for your time also.